Blog Talk Radio. Marty Oakley and TS Radio Network. We are so excited to be with you tonight. Tonight, Reverend Ralph and I are filling in for Marty Oakley because she is so, 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 so busy. She is busy with getting ready for the Whistleblower Summit, and she also has a big case that she's working on up in Alaska. It looks like the newest thing that some of these victims are doing is they're filing cases in civil court. And we definitely have heard of a few of these starting to happen in civil court. What happens is when you start to file in civil court, you're out of probate court. And the corrupt judge doesn't have, he can't preside over these cases. And so Obviously, we have always been talking about Cindy up in Alaska, and just so everyone knows, that is not her real name because we must protect her at all costs from the glory hogs. And so Marty is giving myself and Reverend Ralph a tryout, and she might let us do a few of these on our own. So Reverend Ralph, say hello to everybody. Good evening, everyone, nationwide and worldwide. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on for my first ever tryout. Marty is listening in, and if we do a bad job, she knows how to disconnect us. So please, everybody, stay with us. So we have a really great topic tonight. There's been so much going on. First off, let's kind of update everybody on what's going on in Florida. Here's my personal opinion on Florida. We all know that People love to retire in Florida. They go down, they buy something over there. There's this thing called the Villages down there, and it is just retirement mecca. I heard they do, like, concerts every night. I mean, you know, everyone's living their best life down there in Florida. But that's a Venus flytrap. That is to lure you in to a really bad situation. And one of the really terrible guardians that is out of Florida, who Marty has basically, um, you know, called out probably a decade ago, her name is Rebecca Furley. Part of when, with that I Care A Lot movie, was based on the actions of Rebecca Furley. She actually was found, uh, basically, I believe in my opinion, guilty of murder. She was putting DNR, which is a do not resuscitate, on her wards against their will and against the family's will so that when a medical emergency arose, the person who was the ward had no rights of their own saying to save their lives. And these people would die because the guardian, Rebecca Furley, put do not resuscitate against everybody's, everybody's. No one wanted it. And that's really disgusting. So anyway, 
she's been uh, filed all kinds of different charges. The first trial became like a mistrial. So now they're trying her again. How that even became a mistrial, I it is beyond me. I, I have no idea. But anyway, the latest is she's going to try and sign a plea deal before she goes to trial. People are pretty upset. And in my opinion on Florida, it's one of the most corrupt states out there. And there's a governor that thinks he's going to run for president of the United States. He needs to get his state under control because if this kind of stuff is going on in his state, we sure don't want it going on worse than it already is across the United States of America. It's just disgusting, disgusting, disgusting. Now, there's some... There are some good state senators that are working on some legislation, and that is the Carolyn's Law. And I know sometimes, you know, we talk about fluff and buff and things like that, but one of the things that I had read that they were really pushing for is the rotation of judges. That is huge. And can you just imagine Reverend Ralph, if judges were forced to rotate cases, they couldn't hold on to the same case for all these years, they had to rotate it. That is going to stop racketeering. That is a big, big deal. And that is something that they are trying to put into this Karen's Law, and it looks like they are set to bring something forward, it looks like maybe later this spring, early summer. And the people who are working on Karen's Law have just done an incredible job, even if it's not as strong or has the teeth that everybody feels that it should have. You know what? It is marketing. It's recognition. And you know what? Someone's mom is trapped in Florida, and her mom needs to be set free. And unfortunately, there are glory hogs because glory hogs really love to live in Florida because there's so much action going on in Florida. So glory hogs are circling all over Florida, ready to sabotage whatever they can, which is very unfortunate. But, you know, one of the topics that we're going to be talking about, Reverend Ralph, it's gag orders. It is very, it has come to my attention, and this is very disturbing, that some of these court-appointed attorneys are trying to put gag orders on victims. And this isn't just in Pennsylvania, because I know a personal example of a female who was put on a gag order in Montgomery County. Now, we won't be naming names or naming the lawyers to protect people's privacy, but it was not a male, so anybody spying, it was not a male that told me this, so we have a female. Anyway, the gag order included not speaking to law enforcement, to the FBI, to the Attorney General, and it included not filing complaints with the Bar Association. That's concerning. Now, people said they didn't want to sign it, and then Rightly, the judge did not force it. I wonder if the judge is worried that everyone is really scrutinizing them lately or why the judge did the right thing. Because when a judge does the right thing, I'm like blown away. Aren't you, Reverend? Oh, it's unheard of. (laughs) It's unheard of. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so one of the things that I want everyone to know that your First Amendment right, you have a right to contact law enforcement. You have a right to report a crime. 
it is not they cannot try and gag you from reporting a crime to law enforcement or to any of the agencies that are there to protect people but they seem to try and do that and what that is is a bully tactic and if you have ever been asked to sign one of these gag orders saying that you can't report a crime you need to immediately go and report that crime. Wouldn't you agree? What do you think about all this, Reverend? Well, you've touched, on some, uh, very, very, uh, you've touched on some very, very uh, important points, uh, Kaz. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And one of them, um, you talked about the, um, uh, the civil court being the place to go to sue in order to get uh, you know, documents and so forth. Because I know from experience that uh, from some of the people I've, that have contacted me through my website, protectmyparents.us, that there is a gag order that these judges put on people in orphans' court, and it's basically to keep the scam uh, from public scrutiny. And again, this is something that violates people's First Amendment rights of freedom of speech and freedom of expression. And also, uh, anyone that's in the news media, as I am with my news website, it's also violating the First Amendment right of freedom of the press. And the excuse that is used for these gag orders in orphans' court is that it uh, protects the person's privacy, the victim, as we're, we should call them, because that's what they are, victims. Yeah. Uh, the guardians like to call them uh, you know, clients or wards, but they are victims. And this is something that the families know from personal experience that what they have gone through with the loss of finances, uh, time, effort, pain, and suffering for both the families and the victims, it's just not something as sweet and pretty as saying somebody is a client. They are a victim. And when you have a gag order that is basically protecting the scam, that is forcing a person to be – And again, I'm not a lawyer, but it's basically making them an accessory to the crime. I mean, the fact that it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If they put a gag order that you can't tell anybody about what's going on to a loved person, then it's basically saying we're going to force you to protect our scam, our crime. And this is something where, uh, again, what criminal says, hey – you know, go out and tell everybody I burglarized your house or something. They want it. Right. For, they want it. Uh, you know, protected. They want their crime protected. And this is something where, uh, if you're going, if if these people are going to do such a thing, well, again, this is something where people have to do what they have to do is go to the law enforcement and report it. Now. Again, the uh, judge can issue a contempt order, a contempt of court, which is something I've learned about. Uh, There's two types of contempt. There's civil contempt and there's criminal contempt. And in Pennsylvania, and it's it's important that everybody in their states learn uh, the, the, the terms, learn what goes on in these processes in uh, orphan's court as far as terminology and all, because it will yeah. benefit them to know what's going on. Now, in Pennsylvania, and again, I, I wish I urge people in every state to start their own state agency or association and create a website 
and little by little you will fill up that website with information pertaining to your state, uh, such as state agencies that uh, deal with such matters and so forth, because this will help other people. And one of the things I'm very happy about is little by little, this guardianship corruption is coming out. It's being talked about, it's being uh, openly discussed, and more and more cases in criminal court are being uh, put out by the news media. So it spreads the word, and this is so very important. And when people are going through this type of uh, situation with their loved one uh, involving guardianship corruption and abuse, uh, it's important to go to your district attorney's office and ask for the person, ask for the uh, associate uh, prosecutor, assistant prosecutor, that deals with either A, financial crimes, or B, crimes against the elderly, because usually scams on the elderly are very, very profitable for the criminals, and this is why they target them, like with phone calls, selling uh, fake stocks or fake gold certificates, things like that. So you go to the DA and say, okay, uh, what assistant prosecutor deals with financial crimes against the elderly or uh, simply crimes against the elderly, and because these guardianship corruption cases is basically financial exploitation of the elderly, financial yes. exploitation. And this is extremely, uh, the elderly are extremely vulnerable to these fast-talking salespeople. And when you think about it, that's what these guardians are. They promise you, oh, I love your granny. Oh, I'm going to take such good care of them. Of course they're going to give you a good sales pitch, but they take advantage of the fact that they know their scam and you don't. This is your first time doing something like this of your mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, or uncle. But to them, they've gone through this many, many, many times. And this is why it's important to, when you first get into this, and again, unfortunately, some people that are listening, they're halfway through this you know, garbage, or others, unfortunately, are at the end where they have nothing left, no more money to fight it. But when you first get a guardian, after the process starts, when your loved one gets a guardian, make a contract with them. Say, okay, we have hired you, or the court has appointed you as a guardian. Here are some things we want you to initial or to sign. Number one, we are only hiring you. You do not have our permission to hire a lawyer and make our our loved one pay for it. You do not have our permission to hire somebody else as a so-called care manager and us or the victim pay for it. And this is what these guardians do. They hire all these people. Each one kicks back money to the other one just to be hired, same way with the judges that appoint these corrupt guardians and corrupt lawyers. So if this is brought out in the very beginning, if they object, if the guardians object to signing something very simple in basic English, plain English, then you know you got a crook, and you got to start yeah. taking action, objecting, getting your lawyer to object to this person, because you're not asking anything of this guardian except we're, we're hiring you or the court has appointed you, but you are not taking liberties of just hiring anybody you want. Because without such a contract, 
what else can they do? Can they buy a new car if they need one? Can they use mm-hmm. it to buy, uh, you know, health insurance for themselves and have the victim pay for it? And this is what I have seen personally with cases that people have contacted me about, that they these guardians just go hog wild. It's like getting somebody's credit card and just going yeah. any place they want and charging it. Now, uh, before I miss the point or before I forget, I was at a nursing home today, and I was talking to somebody, a uh, person there, uh, a, a um, salesperson, and I gave her my business card, and uh, this person was talking to me about, you know, the people and so forth that are there, the residents. And I mentioned somebody's name. The name was Deb Clock, and oh, the salesperson okay. almost fell on the floor. They said, just we saw the website. We happened to come across a website, she said, last week called Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Court. And she said, we saw Deb Clock's name all over it. And I said, yeah, that's, that's one of the people yeah. that's quite famous. So uh, this, I thought, cause you might be interested in that. I love that story. You know, now, cause, yeah, she, uh, she was the met- guardian of my uncle. Yes. And, you know, while you're talking about charging for stuff, I got to tell you what, what yeah. she ended up doing. So she, well, who knows how many hundred, I think it was over $100 an hour that she hired this um, music therapist. But in the court records, and one of our complaints is that she seemed to misplace Harvey's hearing aids. So he didn't even have his hearing aids in. But this idiot Deb Clack was billing him for a music therapist. Like, he couldn't even hear the music. Like, you need your hearing aids. Then the other thing that she was charging for was a massage therapist. And the CNAs used to tell me, oh, yeah, well, Harvey doesn't get any massages. The other, the other employees at the Shenandoah were all lined up getting their massages. Well, how disgusting is that? You know, no oversight. Just, you know, she's just a clown. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny that they that they discovered her on shenanigans. In fact, while we're talking about shenanigans, they are one of our biggest sponsors and Reverend Ralph. This is so exciting. Shenanigans appears to have hired a marketing and PR team because there's a big election coming up. And to raise funds, it appears that there's going to be a big GoFundMe. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but people in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, in the courthouse, they hate GoFundMes. But so Shenanigans is going to do a GoFundMe. They're going to have, you know, some of their favorite YouTube videos. If anyone hasn't seen them, go on over, you know, just Google Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. But they're going to start taking out some newspaper ads, and hopefully if they can raise enough money, a billboard to go up right by the courthouse just in time for election time. What do you think, Reverend Ralph? Do you think this would be fun? That's an excellent idea. I know billboards are extremely expensive. Uh, Yeah. uh, Again, I am very, very pleased with the fact that more and more attention is being given to this matter of guardianship corruption, and it's being talked about. More people are spreading the word, and little by little – these criminals, or as I, I think they should be called, sadists, uh, these sadists are yeah. gradually being exposed as what they are. And this is why it's important that people do talk about it and the fact that 
uh, you know, some of these district attorneys, they don't like dealing with it because it involves corrupt judges. And again, I don't care what yeah. their title is, they're bureaucrats. You know, their job, their promotions depend on not rocking the boat. And again, this is unfortunate yeah. in any state agency or local agency or whatever. They don't want to rock the boat. They just want to go from nine to five, and that's the end of it. But again, as I've said many times, uh, exposure is the poison of these guardians. And by yes. getting their names out there and talking about it, and again, I don't think we could put a price tag on this show. I mean, really, I, I, I don't think you could ever say uh, the value of such a show that has done so much to get people aware of it and to spread the word about the websites that deal with it and the people and their problems and what they have gone through. I don't think anybody else has ever done this. And, again, there are associations in different yeah. states uh, that, yeah. have dealt, that have their websites. And most important, I believe her name is Chris from Australia. Uh, yes. She has been on many times. And it's not just a local thing in this country. It's worldwide. And it is a crime. It is. It's, I and mean, there's, Marty no, there's Oakley, no other two ways about to, it. It's a crime. And I'm since, sorry, go ahead, since Marty's not on, since Marty's not on right now, um, I get to talk about her. She is actually the leading premier person to have exposed it, and she talks about it often. That first case that she had heard, Sarah, Sarah Hart, the Sarah Harvey case. And you know, we should find that as a Throwback Thursday and put that and and have that one repeat because now platform spotify apple all that kind of stuff but i don't i know they just did the um the first last 300 episodes and i believe marty's got i think we're over 2,000 episodes that she's done so far so we should go back and find that sarah harvey one and do like a throwback thursday and load it up so people can hear it but marty oakley was the first person to expose this and she has continued to lead the pack. She is the go-to person. And I think it's a lot of work for her. And she doesn't get paid. And she has reached so many countries. I mean, yeah, especially Australia. But we've had guests, we've had guests on here from not just Australia, but some of the other countries. There was, oh, I can't remember the country. I think it was Greece. There was U.S. They had dual citizen, and they had to flee the United States to get away from guardianship, and they fled to this other country. And they called in and did the show. And, and now that I, Marty, is like has me in training, so I get to see some of the back-of-the-house stats. I mean, it is a global, this is a global show. You can see there are platforms that are picking the show up that we can't even see what their stats are. And Marty thinks some of them are like making money off of our show, just picking it up and then running it on these platforms. It's running all over the world on different platforms. Like we'll get these emails and it was picked up on a platform in the UK. And I mean, it, so really, I really do believe that Marty Oakley is the leading, the leading voice in guardianship abuse. And I know because of her, I have met so many people. I can still remember it was years and years ago when we all came on one of our first shows, a bunch of us Montgomery County, um, Pennsylvania victims, and Marty, you know, gave us the floor. And I think there was four different families that came on, all non-related and all having the same complaints. And, you know, while we talk about complaints, sometimes people don't want to file those complaints. But I did a little research on the FBI, and Usually, as those complaints are coming in, they don't really start investigating until they have about 10 years' worth of complaints. Were you aware of that? 
No, I thought that I, was, yeah. And I, so I, I think when you, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cos. It's wrong. It should it shouldn't have to be ten years worth because you know it's not viewed as as serious of a crime as other things. But the fact of the matter is that this is this is what what it is. And so when you feel that your complaint doesn't matter. I really want to encourage people to still make those complaints because you're starting to leave the paper trail and you never know someday it's going to finally pick up. And that was with that, the kids for cash, you know, those families just kept making the complaints and there's so many other examples of different things that finally it was that the 10 years were, you know, came and gone and the complaints are still coming in that finally these things are investigated. And we can only hope, I can just see the day, you know, because there's no honor among thieves and it's all the Bar Association. Can't you see the infomercial, Reverend? Have you or your loved one been injured by a professional guardian? Call now and they're going to have all these lawsuits and they're just going to turn around and, you know, sue all the guardians once this gets all exposed. Can't you see that day coming? I would love to see I mean, that day coming. And, yeah. again, I've, I've mentioned this point before, uh, and the fact that, as I've said, you know, I've done, I did 41 years of criminal investigations, and the one thing when, uh, one thing I have found is that these psychologists uh, who do these so-called evaluations, in every state, the people must find out what is used to determine incapacitation of their loved one. And if they take, if they find out what it is, is it a test or whatever, then find out what the accuracy of that evaluation is. Because in Pennsylvania, there are no standards and no requirements as to what an accurate evaluation must be to determine if somebody is incapacitated. And the problem is you have these psychologists that simply make up their own evaluations uh, the time span can range, as I have found, from one hour to four hours. The rates have gone from $1,000 per evaluation to four or $5,000 for evaluation. And the bottom line is, in law, if you sell something and it's not what you claim it is, that's called fraud, and that yeah. is a crime. And if these psychologists, and I, I, it really angers me to see them walking around saying, hey, I got a Ph.D., I'm Dr. So-and-so, and that they claim they've, uh, they work with people with uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, things, something like that, a memory problem, mm -hmm. then they, they think automatically, well, they're an expert and they know everything, and that's what the judges accept. But the problem is, if the evaluation has no independent, I emphasize independent, Act proven accuracy, then it's basically that they're just downloading any type of paper and pencil test or any gimmick off the internet and saying, well, that's an evaluation. Well, yeah. the fact is, those, what they do is the center of what determines if a person's going to walk home and live his life normally or he's going to be sold, sold as a slave to these people whose only intent is to get money and to drain money from these people. And to mm -hmm. me, again, it's just not to me. I mean, I think it's a legal fact. It's fraud, and it's a crime. It is. And that's what they should be uh, prosecuted on. It's not a civil matter. I've heard too many times people, uh, you know, law enforcement say, well, it's a civil matter. 
No, it's a criminal matter. And when you have these type of people, uh, what's the difference between these uh, psychologists selling fake evaluations or somebody that's selling fake pills over the Internet that does supposedly cures for different things? It's fraud. And this is you know, what they, the DA's office should go for. Yeah, go ahead. They shut down. Well, they shut down Miss Cleo off the television for you know fraud. Yes. Well, I mean, there's the what's the difference? Net- They're just a bunch of the psych- yeah. They shut it all the down. The psychic no network, difference. you know, with all these celebrities and everything. Yeah. Uh, and also, between you, you were talking cause about a billboard. I think at yeah. a uh, a lower level, which I have found very, <laughs> I've had my experiences where I have done what you know what uh, people would call picketing where i make a sign you know a four foot by four foot sign yes. and i simply walk back and forth on the sidewalk i have flyers made up if somebody asks me you know i just give them a flyer and you know they can read it later but let me tell you that can really tick somebody off if you're picketing mm-hmm. outside their office or whatever with their name on it that really embarrasses them and that is something that they have no defense against, the embarrassment, the humiliation, the exposure of what they are and what they're doing. So just something as simple as picketing, which is free, you just make up a sign, something yeah. like that can be very, very important. And, again, uh, there are parking lots near courthouses. You put your flyer underneath their windshield uh, wipers, uh, again, yeah. you don't know who it is, but it could be lawyers who might be taking an interest in it. It could be anybody, but that will get back to them, and that really gets to yeah. them. Can you just see the billboard with all these cockroaches, like, all over, like that logo that's on there? Like, everyone's going to look at that billboard because who puts cockroaches on a billboard? You know, yeah. people are like, what is that? And they're going to just go running to, and then um, from what I understand, then they're going to like endorse or basically expose these judges because some of these Montgomery County judges, I guess, are going to try and get onto the state Supreme Court. But you know what, Reverend, we have a caller and we have area code 610, which I believe is right around Montgomery County. Could this be a guardian or a lawyer calling to defend themselves? Let us, let's see if I can bring them on because I'm a newbie on this. All right. Let's see. Area code 610, you're live and on the air. Hi, class. It's Elaine. It's Elaine. Can you hear me? Oh, hey, Elaine. How are you, Hi. everyone? This is Elaine McMahon. Hi. The writer, Hi, the, the author. Oh. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, Hi, uh, thank you for calling help. in. Good evening. So, yeah, I was going to just respond to some of the things you mentioned about first the gag order. Yes, I was subjected to some of that type of stuff myself in my case. And my case was actually family court where I had already told you previously they tried to use the guardianship as well. But I was under a gag order a number of years ago. I wasn't even allowed to contact certain family members. It's just a total abuse of authority by these judges. Then, yeah. a, a number of years later, they entered, They had other stuff in place where a guardian in our case, and it was supposed to be regarding with the children because they abused the guardianship when they have it with child custody as well. That guardian went and sent a letter to all the police stations, not only where I live in surrounding <laughs> areas, telling them they are not to respond if I ever call them because I was a domestic violence victim, 
and they're telling the police, do not show up. This is this is the extent. Wow. They even if they can't stop you, they will go and ask others to not respond to you. That's that's the extent they will go to. And um, and I also wanted to comment. I'm not sure if you're familiar or you've heard some of the stuff going on with one of those uh, so-called glory hogs. Did you hear about the cease and desist letters that were going out? No, no. update us. Oh, we need. Okay. We, yeah, let's well, hear about like well, yeah. a glory well, hog very, is sending out yeah. cease and desist letters. I didn't get one. Yeah. Did you get one, Reverend? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. I've heard. I've heard through the grapevine. Yes, that some of the folks who were, I think they were supporting that uh, law. What was it called again? Uh, Carol. Uh, what's the law oh, again? Carol, Carolyn's law. Some of the, yeah, some of those people that were supporting and they were posting things and. Uh, one of the that glory hog was sending out like desist letters and, and threatening threatening lawsuits and so forth. Yes, I don't have all the great details of it. So, um, so the glory but, hog is trying to gag. Oh my goodness! Yes, you know because you can't they make want this stuff the, up. Wow. Yeah, they want the business. You know, the financial. You know, it's basically a rainmaker. The glory hog, the rainmaker, want to make money off that, you know, uh, through the guardianship. Um, So I didn't know if you were familiar with that or knew that. No, I wasn't. I wonder if Marty got a gag, if Marty got a gag letter. Yeah, we'll just call them (laughs) gag letters. It's a a gag letter. So the glory hog is not even an attorney, I understand, or the glory hogs. There's many. They're not attorneys. So, I mean, Uh, I guess anyone can send a mean letter. Yeah, well, I think. Is there one that is? Well, I think that uh, glory, that one glory hug I'm referring to, I'll tell you about it later, um, works with an attorney, uh, oh. gets business, gets business for oh. the attorney. Uh, uh, oh, okay. We'll catch up and we'll talk about that another time, you and I. Wow. Hey, <laughs> so while we're talking about things that Montgomery County shuts you down, I thought I remembered one time, was it your daughter posted a GoFundMe and Montgomery County made you yes. take the GoFundMe down? Absolutely. Could you tell everybody yeah, about that? That? Was, that was another That was another circumstance. So my daughter, who was in college, and because of the circumstances where they wiped out me or my, my assets, everything, um, my daughter was in college, and her two of her friends suggested she do a GoFundMe. She put some GoFundMe up and wrote her story, you know, a little brief uh, article, and um, and then the other side found out about it, and, the, and my daughter was over 18. She was not, you know, a minor. I didn't write this story, and right. yes, they filed a contempt on me, took me in the court, oh, and, you know, threatened to put me in jail because she put something up, and, you know, she was living at a college. So this was not me who did it, but, yep, I was threatened. So she had to come in from college, spend seven hours on buses coming from out of town to just to testify and say that it was her GoFundMe. She put it up, and she wrote it. And um, I guess at the end of the day, yeah, they couldn't, they they didn't, you know, they couldn't. Did they make her take it down? Um, she did, I don't think she was forced to take it down, but they really, they were so hostile to her, you know, on the witness stand and, 
you know, trying uh-huh. to terrorize her. Um, she ended up taking it down anyway. Uh, but, you know, yes, they, they will, uh, they got their tentacles out there all over the place. Yeah, because it exposes them. You're not the first person that I've heard of them getting upset about these GoFundMes. You know, there is one that's out there right now, Austin Gibson, who has been a guest here, and she was raising money for a surgery, but she did put in the GoFundMe. The reason why she doesn't have funds is because when they took her mother in guardianship, the house that her and her mother lived in was in both of their names, um, mother and daughter, and so were bank accounts. But they seized all of it and left Austin with nothing. So here, you know, she's at retirement age, and she's out hundreds of thousands of dollars because of the equity that was belonged to her in the home and in those bank accounts. So she did expose that, and she did recently post a GoFundMe. So I, we all can uh, put out good thoughts towards Austin that they don't go messing with her and you know I'm sure they don't enjoy having a GoFundMe that Austin has exposed them from Montgomery County and you know and it's not just Montgomery County I've heard other states that these these leeches or status as Reverend Ralph would like to call they do not (laughs) like GoFundMe so oh and again I hope that uh, his GoFundMe goes well when he posts it to start raising money for the billboard. What do you do? You have a good. Um, you get. You know, Elaine. You'll have to like scope out where you think the billboard should go. Well, a friend actually, a friend of mine did have uh, two different billboards up at one point. Uh, one was, um, I think it was uh, about three. Hold on now. About three. Yeah, just about three years ago, she had one up uh, right near where like the train station. The train is or. Uh, right near the courthouse, but I don't think oh. the billboard the billboard was not effective. Um, really, you know she, you know it was she didn't have the right message on there, so a lot of people didn't even know what her message was. She also posted she also had a second billboard up uh, in another area, uh, going out near, I guess closer to where she lived. They they weren't effective. If you don't have the message on there, you're not going to yeah. get the attention. Yeah, but you asked. Huh. Me, I'll talk, I'll talk to you about that later as well. <laughs> we'll okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. get the well. I know Mr. Shannon's <laughs> is going to do the GoFundMe to start raising the marketing money to mm-hmm. get some because you know raise awareness. Like if I was elderly, I wouldn't want to live there. I wouldn't want to live in that state. My grandparents well, what, lived and lived in Pennsylvania. Else. I'm glad they didn't ever fall into guardianship. Well, I'll tell you something else. What's interesting is, like, even if you put some billboard up, you ought to see the you know the courthouse. They're like doubling it in size. They're making it enormous. And the only reason they're making it that large is, you know, they want to drum up more business. You don't expand yeah. the physical site of your business and the court is a business unless you're going to increase you know business yeah if they just needed to redo the place they could have just redone you know repaired the actual courthouse no they're like doubling the size of it so you know i'm not sure about you know the billboard well you know whatever somebody wants to try that's just great but i'm just saying 
they are moving full force to expand that courthouse. How nice for them. Wow. This is Reverend Ralph. Yeah, go ahead. How you doing? Yes. How you doing, Elaine? Uh, oh, you, just sort of. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I understand the feeling. A uh, couple of points I want to touch on uh, to go backwards. Uh, as far as that courthouse expansion, you're quite right. Uh, they have a building across the street, as you know, that also uh, has judges and so forth. So, like you said, you know, the more you expand, the more business you have to get in order to pay for it, you know, along with the taxpayers. Um, mm-hmm. But as uh, basically what we're in this guardianship corruption, it's all about one thing, power and money. Who has it and who wants it? And you could be as yeah. right as you can be, but if you don't have the money, the unlimited funds to fund to fight these people, unfortunately, they're going to win because the guardians are going to be using the money of the victims to pay for their lawyer. You're spending the, – the family is spending their money, so it's going to be just waiting it out until the family runs out of money, and whatever's left in the account, the guardian's going to get that in some way. And again, that's you know that to me is just one of the things a new law should cover is the fact that if there is a lawsuit of any kind, it is the guardian that has to pay for it out of his own pocket, along with the fact right. that the guardian just can't charge anything they want as far as hiring people and uh, hiring lawyers and going through that whole thing while they're draining the money of the um, of the victim because again it's a business guardians are running a business and no business adds on extra charges like if you go to a restaurant and you get a tuna fish sandwich they don't charge you for the uh, gas that it costs to pick up the tuna from the store they don't charge you for the insurance for their restaurant you know that's but that's what these guardians do they're charging for Mm -hmm. every little thing above what you're paying them for so another, and they're charging travel time when they go see the victim. So it's like yeah. it's like a kid in a candy store that can take as much candy as he wants, and he doesn't have to worry about paying for it. Uh, now something else uh, you're talking about uh, gag orders. Uh, I know again from personal experience about five years ago, a federal judge in Florida issued a permanent injunction, which is the same thing as a gag order, against me. Because I have been exposing for the last 35 years a scam on law enforcement nationwide of a business in Florida that's been selling fake lie detectors. And this includes Pennsylvania, too. Every state has bought them. their police departments and so forth in every state. Uh, And those gadgets were selling or still are selling for $10,000 a piece. So this business sued me, and this this federal judge... Uh, obviously was on the take, and he issued this permanent injunction against me, this gag order, that says I can't tell anybody about the company, even though they've been in the news media many, many times in 35 years, including ABC News back in 2005. But can you imagine a federal judge issuing a permanent injunction, which is clearly violating the uh, constitutional rights of freedom of speech, uh, saying, well, no, we want this protected, we want this scam protected just yeah. so we can make yeah. money from this guy giving us kickbacks while all these police departments, and what's serious is those lie detectors are being used currently in criminal cases. So you talk about the people of under guardianship being victimized. 
What about all those people that failed these fake lie detectors and the law enforcement departments don't know it and all their lives are being destroyed because of it? And the only good thing about that permanent injunction, well, the permanent injunction is supposedly there for life, but the judge died two years ago, so I'm happy about that. Now, another point that was raised about uh, suing, about uh, uh, the gag orders and so forth, if any guardian threatens to sue uh, a victim, I mean the family, I say bring it on. And I've had... I've had some of these uh, guardians say, oh, I'm going to sue you if you talk about me anymore. I say, mm-hmm. do it. Shut up and do it, because then I will countersue you. And in a lawsuit, just like Kaz had pointed out, it will be a different judge. The judge of the orphan's court, they won't be involved with it anymore. And when you sue somebody, you have a right to discovery. You have a right to subpoenas. Yes. And when you can subpoena documents, that means – these guardians have clients, or I should, you know, not clients, mm-hmm. uh, the families uh, of the victims. So you can contact those families and find out what that person, that guardian, has done wrong. Because I guarantee you, you don't have a situation <laughs> yeah. where your loved person is suddenly being treated and mistreated in a, a lousy way and money being stolen from them. But nobody else of these clients of the Guardian were ever treated that way? No. They, they keep their same game plan going for everybody. They lie, cheat, and steal, keep the families mm-hmm. away, deny medical treatment, and steal as much as they can from every person they deal with. So if you find yeah. out who their previous clients are, or were even, even if the, the, member, the family member died, that is more leverage of the guardian against him, which could go to criminal charges, too. So you know basically what? these guardians are screwing themselves by threatening lawsuits. Just stand up and say, do it. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. And they will, the guardians will find out they're on the bad end of the, uh, you know, of the uh, lawsuits, too. So it, oh, it's yeah. important to stand up for yourself and say, fine, you want to sue me? I will countersue. Also, when people are given gag orders, instead of just contacting the family lawyer or some regular lawyer, only find a lawyer that deals with constitutional law. Now, the ACLU is basically a joke because there's not that many lawyers that will take all these cases. So it's basically maybe one lawyer from the ACLU for an entire large city. And they're usually just looking at something big that gets their name in the news. They want to have a for sure win. Yes, yes, and the glory of the ACLU. But go to the go find the lawyers that deal with constitutional law. If if uh, you're given a gag order or some order that's uh, uh, you know telling you you can't tell other people about the case and so forth, because again, they want to protect their scam, and it's a scare tactic. And if they threaten you with prison, it's like, fine, get the constitutional lawyer and then bring it out in the open, and then they'll still get screwed by, you know, trying to get away with that crime. And now uh, I know some I some to, family members uh, – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Aileen. I just want to – I just – I don't want to interrupt them. I just wanted to point out something to you and Reverend Ralph. There is yes. a, law, a, a, a type of lawsuit called abuse of process. So when these guardians are act, you could you could probably sue them under abusive process, 
when you have a guardian who is using the guardianship for the sole purpose to make money rather than the goal that it's supposed to achieve, which is overseeing the um, guardian's person, the person who's the guardian. So abusive process is using one, they're, they're doing one thing to achieve a different goal, okay? They're not being a guardian to look out for the person who's guardian. They're, being, no. they're yeah. doing all this activity in order to achieve and clean out the money from the person. So, right. um, you know, if anyone is in the position to have an attorney, they could probably sue in civil court for abuse of process. And that's a particular – in Pennsylvania, they actually have a name called Dragonetti. Uh, is also the other name they use for it. But just so, you know, people would know, it's an abuse of process. That's Elaine? Ooh, that's really good info. Elaine, this is Reverend Ralph again. Now, yeah. I have a question for you. How is that abuse of process, how is that different from suing the guardian uh, for fraud or malpractice since he is basically claiming he is a professional of some type, like suing a lawyer for malpractice? How is abuse of process different than suing the person for fraud or malpractice? Well, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not right. going to say I'm a lawyer and any of that. I'm just saying if you, uh, a fraud is basically cheating, deceiving, and so forth. Um, what was the other thing? Malpractice is they're uh, negligent in doing what they're supposed to do. Abuse of process is specifically, it's like intentionally doing one thing okay so i'm just giving the example here okay and again i'm not a lawyer i'm just i'm just paraphrasing this out you can look it up the details anybody could just google and read about it so let's say you just want to steal you want to steal somebody's money okay so you're going to use the guardianship as your excuse to go and grab that person's money in a nutshell so you're used the person doesn't need to be guardian they were never found, uh, you know, incapacitated before. They were living their own life, taking care of themselves, okay? And then someone comes along for their own reason. They want that mo- They want their money or, you know, control mm-hmm. of whatever their assets are. So they go and start with the guardianship stuff. Look it up, abuse of process lawsuits, and you can read more specifically uh, how you have to, you know, all the uh, elements required of it. They, you know, every type of lawsuit has a standard that you have to meet. But um, I guess there's overlaps. A lot of, uh, many of these different, many different legal things, they have overlaps. But, um, you know, I'm just saying it's, it's another uh, means of looking at it from the civil action and every time you scream fraud, when you bring up fraud, wow, they hold you to such a standard. Um, you know, they, they you have to have show intent, and and then there's criminal, there's civil. It really becomes um, it, it's often difficult to prove. Uh, you you would think yeah. it's real simple, but it, you would think it's not so hard, but a lot of times it is. Um, and again, there's probably overlaps in all these different areas. So, 
I, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I can't, you know, I can't give no legal advice or anything, you know, like that. But you can try looking up also abuse of process lawsuits, and you'll you'll see what it, the standards are for them. Just wanted to Elaine, bring this is Reverend up. Ralph. Uh, yeah, thank you for bringing that up because I have found when you talk to lawyers, they may only have one thought in their mind. But you say, well, what about this? Then they start, you can see the wheels turning in their head like, yeah, maybe that's another way to go about it. So that, that's, thanks, Elaine. That is a very, very good point as far as the, uh, uh, um, the uh, abuse of process. Because it's basically, again, I'm not a lawyer either, but it's basically using the court as a weapon uh, by these guardians yeah. if they file a lawsuit or something. And this is basically the same thing with these corrupt judges. They're doing the same thing when they file contempt orders, uh, contempt of court orders against uh, people if they don't like them or something. It's the same thing. They're using the court as a weapon. But, no, that's an, that's an excellent point, Elaine. I'm going to offer you know, some stuff over to Cos, and Cos can, like, you know. Oh, that would be wonderful. That was great. And, you know, speaking of weaponized courts, I believe that the House of Representatives is actually making a committee because it it's coming up so much. So I believe it is a representative out of Ohio. So we should get our Ohio girls on here and see if they know anything about this representative and about this committee because I wonder if this is, if there is a way to contact this person and give examples of how the judicial has been weaponized. I also believe that like APS and CPS have been weaponized as well and used. And the IRS, we all know the IRS is weaponized. That goes back into like the Nixon era where his enemies were all audited. So it's nothing new when agencies are used as weapons. It just it was used to be used for like political people against each other, and it seems like now it's more weaponized against those of us who are just citizens and not in positions of power. Just as, as Reverend Ralph says, they're just sadists, and they just they love what they do. They really do. They love doing this. They love causing the harm. There is nothing that they are doing to make the guardianship you know, to make their ward in, in a better care. I've never found a five-star review on any of these people that we talk about unless, and they don't even have their friends writing fake five-star reviews, which is something. They're just not out there. And, yeah, I do think that the biggest takeaway is, A, have they asked the, the person who they're going to put in guardianship, what do they want? What are their wishes? And they never do. They, they don't even care. And are they better off? in that guardianship than they were before. Pretty much, I've never met anyone who said, yeah, I was better off being in guardianship. They never are better off. Have you ever heard of anyone being better off, Reverend Ralph? Because they're in guardianship? That's a very good point, Cos. You you brought up a very good point on that. The fact that uh, what I have said many times is, how if if I were to speak to one of these guardians, I would say, how is this person better off medically, mentally, physically, financially, and by happiness since you've been appointed as guardian as opposed to before in their regular life. And that is very important, cause that you've brought that up because, again, uh, when you have these guardians that only see a somebody once a month for 10 or 15 minutes, I don't know how they can claim they're a guardian 
A guardian right. protects lives so, and property. How are they protecting this person's life if they're not taking them to their regular doctor's appointments, if they're not uh, letting the family be uh, connected as much as possible, if they are limiting the visits and the time of the visits with these people? Uh, I know a situation where a guardian didn't let the um, a very uh, you know close person to that uh, victim them seeing them on Christmas or Thanksgiving last year. Oh, now, how is disgusting. that a benefit to a person, to an elderly person, if they can't see a family member on the most sacred holidays of the year? And as far as the um, uh, the guardian, it's the fact that these guardians, one of the many many problems of the uh, of guardians is the fact that they're allowed to have so many of them. I mean, how can you yeah. have how can you claim you are uh taking over somebody's life but you have 5, 10, 15, 20 or more people 70. Your... They have like 70. Well, yeah, that's what Doshi has. She yeah. said in court and I yep. was in court about yep. 5 months ago as a friend uh-huh. of the family of this. The judge asked her how many people do you have as clients? And she said 71. Now, come on. There is no oh way somebody can be that much in tune on the welfare and the happiness of those people as compared to the family and the love that they give those people. So, again, th- these guardians just – it's all about greed. I mean, it's just yeah. – it's like a kid with a toy. They have to have everybody's toys because they don't want mm-hmm. somebody else to have one. Yeah, it's they're sick. And you know when you think about that 71, if you were a day if you were a daycare, you wouldn't be able to have 71 kids to take care of just you yourself. There's all these laws, but not in guardianship. Hey, now, hey, we got like two and a half minutes left. Yeah, Elaine. Oh, I didn't know you were going early today. I was just going to say, yeah, I think it was last week. I mentioned to Marty. I said, hey, this is a bunch of nonsense they're kidnapping people for just to steal their money and if they want to be controlling people who can't take care of themselves or who claim they can't how about all the people living in tent city and i'm not saying they should be guardian i'm just saying there's enough people out there who are actually homeless and going hungry who need Mm -hmm. help instead of attacking some senior citizen or somebody else who's living their regular life so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's, you know, some... that's an excellent. This is Reverend mm-hmm. Ralph. Elaine, that is an excellent point. The fact that how can they say ignore all those homeless people, ignore all the families on welfare, but let's go after the people with money and a house? Really? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hey, we're down to a minute and a half. This sure went by fast. Thank you, both of you, for coming on tonight. I hope that we made Marty proud. She will probably text me and let me know and we hope that she is getting all her work done and we just have to say our shows tonight are sponsored by shenanigans and montgomery county facebook page and also by marcel reed and the whistleblower summit and marty has been invited back to the whistleblower summit that will be happening the last week of july and she's been there a lot of years and i know she has just enjoyed it and is such a big part of it and everyone just loves having her there she's just so wonderful and marty we wish you the best with everything that you're working on up there in alaska and doing everything that you do we thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to come on tonight and to talk about why are there gag orders 
and hopefully we gave some information to anybody out there who was given a gag order and told not to talk to law enforcement. We want you to know that is not okay that that was done to you. And anyway, we have 30 seconds left, so we're going to say good night. Thank you so much, Elaine and Reverend Well, for coming on tonight. You all have a great evening, and everyone for listening. Sure. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. All right. Bye-bye. Good night. All right. Good night.